Father, we thank you that you continue to reveal who you are to us in each and every moment, no matter where we are. So, Lord, as you're renewing in us who you are in this moment, as we've met you in song and praise and adoration, we meet you in your word, which is true. We'll meet you, Lord, as you're made known to us at the breaking of the bread. Father, come and do a mighty work within us so that we could leave different from the way that we came in. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. The last two weeks we've been talking about the kingdom of God, last week and this week, and really in Matthew 21, uh, Jesus is teaching at the temple. He had the triumphal entry, and he's at the temple, and there's religious leaders, and there's those around him, and, and, and he begins to teach. And in chapter 21 of Matthew's gospel, there's three parables in a row that he begins to give us an understanding or a bigger picture of the kingdom of God. You have the parable of the two sons. Last week, we uh, had the parable of the vine dresser, that, that God was going to bear fruit. Uh, a fruit that was going to last and uh, the preparation of that and what that looks like. And uh, we have the servants going out in last week's parable as well. But also now in this week's parable, he continues to reveal about the kingdom of God and what the kingdom of God is like or, or that we should understand. And again, it's like an allegory. It's, it, there's a deeper meaning behind the teaching as, as it's outlined for us. That he gives us a parable to look at, but then we've got to look at the parable and say, what is God revealing to us in this teaching? What was Jesus revealing to those who were gathered around him for this teaching? And he starts off in 22, verse uh, 2, and he says this. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who arranged a marriage for his son, that he prepared this place, that it was uh, a feast that was going to begin. He says, this is what the kingdom of heaven is like, that God has prepared this great wedding that he's prepared this feast for his son. And Jesus is the bridegroom, and we are the what? The bride. And this gives us a beautiful picture of the covenant of marriage and the love Jesus has for us and the response of our love for him, that covenant that comes together for one another, that he is the bridegroom, we are the bride. And, and Jesus is teaching the kingdom of God is a, a king who prepared a feast for his son, this celebration of that coming together, the, the fullness of that. And in verse 3 it says, And he sent out his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding, and they were not willing to come. That, that the invitation went out. He called forth for those to come to this banquet that he's prepared for this feast, what the kingdom of heaven was like. And they did not come. Now, there's three ways that we respond when we, we receive an invitation. When you get an invitation in the mail, I've come up with three. Maybe you come up with more. But there's three ways that we generally respond when we're given an invitation. The first person reads it, puts it in their calendar, and responds within 24 hours. That's person number one. Person number two reads it and thinks, eventually I'll get back to this, forgets, and they lose the invitation. I know you're one or two, and then there's three. Third person says, don't you know how busy I am? I don't have time for this. Those are three invitations. Those are the three responses that we have when the invitation is made. And truth is, the Lord makes this invitation. Jesus says, the king of God is as a king who prepared a feast for his son, and that an invitation is going forth. The Lord is making this invitation, just as he was in that moment then, that they would understand. He continues to do that now, that we would understand. So the question is, what do you do with the invitation when you receive it? 
Jesus' coming represented God's invitation to Israel to attend a banquet honoring the Messiah. And the king continues to send servants extending that invitation, and they refuse to participate. It picks up in verse 4. Again, he sent out other servants saying, Tell those who are invited, see, I've prepared my dinner. My oxen and fatted cattle are killed, and all things are ready. Come to the wedding. What he's saying is that this invitation is of the utmost importance. Don't you see? Dinner has been prepared. He says, all things are ready. It's done. We can relate to that a little bit at home, right? You make a nice meal, finally going to get the whole herd around the table, not snack trays. You know, we're going to actually get around the table as a family. We're going to break bread. And you, you make all the things and you prepare the food and, and you, know, you know, dinner will be ready in five minutes and you call everyone down. There's always one missing. And then there were a group in, then one left in the middle of preparing. Like, what is going on? And scripture says that all things are ready, meaning it's done, it's prepared, that, that, that you would understand that all things, the Messiah has come. Don't delay. Don't delay. He has come. And again, verse 5 through 6, but they made light of it and they went their way. One to his farm, another to his business, and the rest seized the servants, treated them spitefully, and killed them. Now, I don't know about you, but I've never killed someone over bringing me an invitation. That's pretty heavy. And there's a saying that we might be familiar with, which is don't kill the... And that's really an old saying, believe it or not. It's a metaphoric phrase, and it's used when, when, when someone is going to come and present a hard truth. The messenger's bringing a hard truth, and, and they're coming to bring the information. They've just provided that information to come and, and, and give it and prepare the person to receive it. And they're not the bearer of bad news. It's just the ones who are bringing a difficult truth, maybe, for us to hear. And to respond by killing the messenger is because what happens in that moment, what happens in that moment is that there's a, a threat taking place from that invitation to come to the king. Are you following this as an allegory? Are you following the bigger picture? That, that there's a threat. If I receive and accept that invitation, you will take away my power and you will take away my authority in my life. That I'm going to have to surrender something. And here's what. Yep, you do. <laughs> when that invitation is given, something will have to be surrendered but it'll be the greatest surrendering you've ever made or decision you ever made in your life. But that invitation goes, that hard truth comes, and there'll always be an excuse for us to reject it. There'll always be an excuse for us to reject that invitation. I, I got work, I've got family, I, I, I've just got a personal life, I've got things to do. And being busy is just an excuse. For many of us, we're addicted to busyness. I don't know if you know that or not. It's an addiction. You know, I need to go to Busyness Anonymous. I mean, it's like, you know, I need to raise my hand, say, my name is Brett, and I'm way too busy. And they're like, hi, Brett. Let's start dealing with your busyness. What is that about? And, and, and there's an addiction there to, 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 be, to speak to people all around you. How are you doing? Busy, busy. What's going on? I have a busy day. I'm busy, 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 busy. Do you know that we can miss God for being too busy? 
And here's the hard truth. We can't be busy and present at the same time. In my household, I don't know if yours is like this, you know, we put on a movie or a TV show that we're going to watch together and we sit down and I'll be watching the show and I look over and everyone's like this on their phones. And I'm thinking, how are you watching the show and on the phone at the same, no, 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 it's fine, it's good, it's good. Oh, can you go back? No, I will not go back. You will watch this whole thing over again. That's the penalty for being too busy and not present during the show. That's where we're at. We're just being invaded by these things. And, and, and the, the, the truth is that you cannot be busy and present at the same time. And the idea that you can multitask is just, it's a fable. It's not true. You might be good at juggling a few things. But that busyness is, 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 is taking away from being present in the moment of missing in that moment. And there were many who said I was too busy. And they were missing something in the moment. See, to refuse to honor God, son, is to reject the father. When we refuse to honor God's son, we refuse that, we're rejecting the father. And it continues in Matthew's gospel, chapter 22, verses 8 through 9. And he said to his servants, the wedding is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy. They were not worthy. Therefore, go into the highways, and as many as you find, invite to the wedding. See, God, in his goodness and grace, invites all people to his kingdom. There were those who were rejecting that message, but his goodness and in his grace was to go beyond that, that it was going to be beyond what those who, would, who were given this, this understanding that you had an invitation to come, and you're rejecting that for whatever excuse it was, that it's going to go beyond his people. It's going to go beyond the Israelites. It's going to be for every Gentile. It's going to be for every person to respond to. That that invitation was going to continue to go out. Verse 10, it says, So the servants went out to the highways, and they gathered together all they found, both good and bad. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. See, the servants went out beyond. A king would send out messengers. You know, they didn't have email, text, twex, Snapchat. There was no way of notifying someone that I'm inviting you to something the way it is now. And isn't it amazing now? We have to use every platform we have to get one person's attention. Here's an idea. Show up and knock at their door. That'll freak them out. <laughs> hey, I want to invite you. Why didn't you text me, email me, you know? We have all these means of, of communicating. Well, well, with that invitation so personal and in that moment, the servants recognize that, that we're going to go beyond those who are expecting the invitation. We're going to bring the invitation to those who are not expecting it. Matter of fact, we're going to go and invite those who don't even have an address where we could send an invitation to, that are along the way, that, that are on the outskirts of town, that are forgotten about, that are hurting, that are broken, go bring them. And the servants went out to the highways, to all those places, and especially to the marginalized. And they brought that invitation with them to invite them to the banquet. In verse 11 through 12, it says, When the king came to see the guests, he saw a man there who did not have on a wedding garment. So he said to him, Friend, how did you come in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. 
So it's always an interesting text, and it seems like a, a, a hard reality in that moment in Matthew's gospel, because Luke doesn't have this. But I found in Charles Spurgeon's commentary this statement that re- responds to this text. And, and Charles Spurgeon says this, that man, he came because he was invited, but he came only in appearance. The banquet was intended to honor the king's son, but this man meant nothing of the kind. He was willing to eat the food, the good things set before him, but in his heart there was no love for either the king or his well-beloved son. That he was coming for the food and that was it. That I'm here to eat, but I have no love for the king, I have no love for the son. And kings would prepare those who would come for a banquet and a celebration. And what they would do is you would put on this garment for that banquet. And it would be distributed to all those who were coming to be part of this celebration. That was normal. That was, that was something that happened at that time. And if you were invited into that place, everyone would have these beautiful garments that were handmade and, and for this celebration. So it was really obvious when someone was wearing the wrong clothes. That there's a black tie invitation and you're invited, you show up with a t-shirt and board shorts, something's up. And it was obvious what happened. It was obvious to those who would see that the one who wasn't wearing the garment. See, we cannot clothe ourselves in righteousness, but through grace the king can. Because we become clothed in his righteousness. And the parable ends with this understanding that there is a judgment. There's a reality of a judgment for those who choose to reject the invitation. Those who choose to just show up for the food, for something to eat, but have no love for the Father, and they have no love for the Son. See, all of us have to respond to the gospel, and there's only one true invitation. And that true invitation is to true faith, meaning that we're taking God and his word and trusting in him for our salvation. That's what that means. And the parable concludes with a scripture we're really familiar with in verse 14. For many are called and what? Many are called. We love to say that quote, don't we? Many are called, but few are chosen. We always point to ourselves. Few are chosen. That, that, That would be me. I think a better understanding of this passage would be all are called and not many choose. See, there are many are called. All are called. And all have the freedom to reject God's invitation. Few choose. Those who, are cho- those who have chosen to receive the invitation by grace, they come through this way of repentance. And this invitation goes out. And the reality is that there has to be a response to it. That we have to respond. The king makes the invitation to all of us. Come join him in his kingdom. The invitation is personal, personally delivered to all of us through his son, Jesus. And we have to respond to it. We have to have a response of what that is. There comes a moment that we have to make that decision. See, kingdom of God is this banquet that's prepared. It's a feast. Our reminder is when we come to that table that we're going to participate in something supernatural that transcends heaven and earth together, that something is taking place, and it's just a foretaste of of the greater thing that God is saying that's prepared for us to join in his kingdom, and that, that the time is now, and that he's prepared that place, and they were missing this very message. 
And they had every excuse to, re to, to reject that invitation of why they wouldn't respond to it. But the message continues to go out to us, and we have to respond to that invitation. How are we going to respond? All are called. All are called, but not many choose. And we have to make a choice of that response and that free will that we're given because Jesus makes the invitation to each of us. And then what he continues to do is that invitation that was given us, he says, now you're going to bring that invitation to others. You're going to go into others' lives with that same invitation that I gave you. We're just like those servants who are going to go out beyond where we are and be able to invite those in with that same invitation. If same invitation is valid for us, it's going to be valid for them. And it's most likely going to go to the most unlikely people that we ever thought that we would bring that invitation to. Matter of fact, if you're really feeling brave, ask God, where should I bring that invitation? How can I bring someone? How can I invite them into the love of God, the sacrifice that Christ has made for them, an eternal life that he's prepared? But we have to respond. And if we responded that way, we continue as those messengers. We continue as those servants, all are personally invited, all of us. And that message has been delivered through Jesus. And that message continues to be delivered through us. It's our choice to not only receive it, but to believe it. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just ask right now for grace for us, Lord. Uh, grace in a way that we've struggled in our own busyness, struggled maybe responding to the invitation that you've given us to come. Lord, we thank you that you clothe us in your righteousness. Don't let us pick up other garments, Lord, but help us to continue to be like those servants of that message, preparing other hearts for your kingdom. Now, if you're here and in person or online and you're watching and you haven't made that decision, that's what it comes down to, that Jesus is making an invitation for you to come. And the only way to the Father is through the Son. And he does it by, this, this gift of grace is given, but there is a response for us and that response is I need to turn, I need to repent and turn from that old way and say I can't do it, but he can. That we want to receive him in our life and walk with him in that new way. And if you want to know him that way, I just want to pray with you right now to let the Spirit work in your heart to be transformed. So just pray with me. Just say, Lord Jesus, I need you. I thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I open the door of my heart and I ask you to come in. Take control of my life and make me the person you want me to be. In Jesus' name. Now, if you're sitting here and you prayed that or online you prayed that, we, we want to help you on the pathway to discipleship, to grow in that relationship with the Lord. So you need to let us know. If you're online, you can click a button right now and um, we can begin to help you. If you're here on the way out, you can stop with a host at one of the kiosks and we're going to help you on this new journey that you have with Christ. Amen? Amen. Peace of the Lord be with you. Acknowledge one another with the sign of God's peace. Peace.